You're listening to Run, R-U-N, Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Revive Us Now podcast. I am your host, Steve Gray, and we're going to talk about the glory of God in revival since we talk about revival. And a true move of God is the glory of God. And you experience the glory of God on different levels. We used to experience it, I know, when we had uh, the great crowds coming day after day, week after week for uh, over three years. Twice we've had that happen. And the glory of God would come sometimes in a surprise moment. You wouldn't know when it would come, but it, it, almost, it almost would just show up during a song or during a sermon or during prayer time. But it would almost come like in waves of glory, from glory to glory, just like a wave of glory would come. And then you just experience it, and then it just come like an ocean wave. It just come again. And you know how you've seen people in the ocean stand there, and they're just playing in the water, and then a wave would come, and they'd lose their balance and fall down into the water and laugh and and just say, whoa, that was quite a wave. It would come like that to where people were just worshiping or singing or praying or whatever. And a wave of glory would come and just knock them down. Or they'd fall down and just the power of God. And then hey, maybe they'd get back up and we'd do some more. And another wave would come and just oh, flood over us. Whether they fell or didn't, they might lose their balance or maybe not, you know. We had one of the greatest, uh, one of the most significant services that people have talked about and been written about over that when I was preaching a sermon and we had had, uh, we had had a great service anyway. We had a conference that weekend, so hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of people came, and uh, it was all day service. You start in the morning, in the afternoon, and evening, and it went all weekend. You know, so everybody was pretty charged up. And I think it was Saturday, uh, the Saturday night service. It could have been a Friday night. I don't, I don't quite remember, but we had gone all day. And then we, we, we felt like, I felt like God wanted me to pray for everybody, all the pastors at least. Can't remember what the subject was, but I prayed for hundreds of people. Well, that took a little while. Took, a, you know, hour, hour and a half or whatever that I prayed for, whatever people we prayed for. And I was sweating and I was wet and it's been a long day. And, we, that, you know, we'd had all these classes and seminars and prayer times and all that. So uh, if, you, if you thought logically, it was already about 9.30, quarter to 10, time we got done. And logically, I'd say it was 9.30. Logically, you'd think, well, uh, it'd be okay. God wouldn't mind. Let's just end the day high on prayer. Everybody was full of the spirit and God had moved and we had miracles and signs. And like I said, I'm dripping wet anyway with sweat, crowded and hot, just like you, just like I like it, you know? And, uh, and so I should have called it a day. So I kind of suggested to the people said, you know, we've had such a great weekend and then we've gotten so much done. And like, I just think it'd be okay if we just call it and we could quit now on this high note of just great. And as soon as I started talking, I heard this kind of this moan and groan come over the crowd like, no, we want to hear, come on, give us a little word. Let's end on the word of God. So, so I thought I would. And so I did. And I did. So I did a quick sermon. I don't know how long it was, maybe 18, 20 minutes. Just a quick one about the woman who broke free from the crowd. She, she wasn't invited to the banquet. They used to have those banquets out there, you know, and, and the people not invited, that was sort of their entertainment and they would sit out and watch it. 
And uh, they, she saw where Jesus, he said, you didn't anoint my head with, you didn't wash my feet, you didn't anoint my head with oil, remember that? And she saw that, and then when she saw that, she breaks free. She's not even invited, so she would have had to break free from the crowd, probably go through the bushes or whatever barriers they had, break free, and then she rushed in and she anointed him, remember that? Well, I started talking about that, and she, I said she was so embarrassed for Jesus and knew he'd been snubbed, and suddenly I said, she broke free from the crowd and rushed in there and said, you'll not treat my Jesus that way, not while I'm in charge, and I began to preach like that, and pretty soon the wave of glory came in on those words, and I'm telling you, the pastors particularly, but people began to fall out of their chairs. They couldn't even sit up, and I was preaching along, and I'd hear this thup, Thud, thud, thud. And I didn't know what it was, you know, because it's so crowded and there's so many people. I kept hearing this noise and I didn't know what it was. And pretty soon I looked and I couldn't see people in their chairs. The Spirit of God came in such a wave of glory that people were falling out of their chairs during the preaching. And it was, it was one of the shortest sermons I'd ever preached. But as soon as I screamed out, you'll not treat Jesus that way, not while I'm here. And I said, that's the way I'm going to live in these services. Jesus is going to be treated right as long as I'm here. And I began to express that these pastors and these leaders that were there, they, they felt that wave of glory come and actually began to fall out of their chairs. You couldn't even sit up. It was so thick and so powerful. So we want to see that glory come, see? So I was reading in 1 Samuel about it, and they had the Ark of the Covenant, and the Ark of the Covenant represented, well, I shouldn't say it represented the glory of God. It would today, but it held the glory of God in that day, you know, back in the day of Samuel and King David and those. So they had the Ark of the Covenant. You remember that. And it, ha- and it, and it was the glory of God for their day. And so we go back, and it all, the trouble all started with a guy named Eli, and he's a priest, and he's got a couple of wild sons, Hophni and Phinehas, okay? Now, we go through that, and we'll back up in a second and get that, but uh, they, they end up getting killed. We'll back up in a second, but uh, the priest Eli, he ends up dying too, but he's got a, a daughter-in-law, and she gives birth to a child, and when she gives birth to that child, she hears that the ark of the covenant had been stolen the enemy got it and when she realized that that the enemy had been stolen she named her she had a baby and she named that baby Ichabod and that means the glory uh, has departed the glory of the Lord has departed and that's what she named it all right and so we back up to that and see how did that happen You see, today we're concerned, aren't we? We go into church service after church service after church service, and it might be a good service, but where's the glory of God? It seems like it's departed. It's like in the day of Jesus, they had that wonderful temple, but the Holy of Holies was empty, and the glory of the Lord has departed. Well, we back up, and here's the problem and then, and we have the same problem today. So Eli, he's the, he's the high priest, he's the big priest, and he's got two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and they serve within the temple. But you know what? They, it, the Bible says they were wicked sons, okay? They were wicked. And we, we, we need to understand what that wickedness was, all right? So they were, do, they were doing things in the temple. They were in the temple, or in the, they, they were doing the things, working in the temple, but they did things their own way. And it says they were wicked. Now, when you take that word wicked, what does that mean to you? Ungodly wicked. It means they had no regard for God. No regard for God. No regard for God. Are you getting that? So you could be in church and we could be in church, but we have a bunch of people that have no regard for God. 
and his word. So God told them how to do things, but they did it their way. They did it the way they wanted to do. And the old man Eli, their father, who was the head guy, he didn't, he, he, he didn't like what they did, but he didn't stop them from what they did. See, he just kind of looked the other way. Kind of like parents do today. They bring their kids to church and they're texting and goofing. And I've seen them, you know, these teenagers, and it doesn't have to be teenagers. It can be young adults. It could be adults slumped over in the pew, you know, and they could care less. And they got their hands in their pockets and then they just, you know, they don't stand up. And, you, and the preacher says, let's all stand and pray or sing. And when they sit down and play with it. And I think, why are you even here? Why did you even come? And I think, you know, if you came to my house and if I went to your house or you came to my house and we said, we're going to do, we're going to have dinner, we're going to do this and we're going to sit here and we're going to serve this. And somebody came and just slumped and just sat and they didn't talk and they wore their sunglasses and overcoat and looked down and stared at the floor. I'd say, why are you here? You don't belong in my house. I'd tell them to leave. I said, well, you don't act like that in somebody else's house. So they come into your church. That's God's house or your church, your house that you, you help pay for. And this visitor or this person or this teenager, young adult comes in and they have no regard for God, no regard for you. When you come into somebody's house, you ought to have at least enough respect to kind of follow the motion of the house. You come into God's house, you ought to have enough respect to kind of look around and say, okay, I'll try to go along with, you know, I'll try to be a good person and just go along just out of respect. And I've seen this, no regard for God, but I've seen people who their own kids come to church. They grow up in the youth group or whatever. No regard for God. Parents do nothing. They do nothing. They do nothing. And it's probably because the parents don't really have regard for God either. They just cover it up better. So Eli, maybe he didn't have regard for God either, but his sons had no regard for God. They just didn't care. And we can see that today. You know, I could go to a hundred churches and read scriptures that says, do this. Like, for instance, how about this? Go into a church where that says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. I said, okay, let's all lift up our hands because the Bible says lift up our hands. And there'd be churches, they'd just stand there and look at you. They don't care. They would not care because they have no regard for God. They don't care if they even saw it in the Bible. They're not going to do it. They say, well, we just don't do that. Well, that's these sons. No regard for God. And it's called wickedness. And because of wickedness, it ends up that... Eli, well, the two sons get killed, and Eli dies, and they have a son, this daughter-in-law has a son, and she names him Ichabod and says, you know what? Because of that attitude, because of wickedness, because you have no regard for God, the glory of the Lord, which could be in the house, has departed, not there anymore. And the funny thing about it is when you read in the book of Revelation about the churches, you all know this scripture where it says, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Sometimes people preach that he, stores, he stands at the door of your heart and knocks. You need to get saved. But the, the actual context is he's standing at the door of a church. Read it for yourself. And if anybody in that church opens the door for him, he'll come in. So it's the church people. Well, Jesus, in that regard, is standing at the door and knocking, hoping somebody will let him in. But the spirit of Ichabod, wickedness, no regard for God. He doesn't, Ichabod doesn't stand at the door and knock. He just kicks the door in and walks right in. The church is full of Ichabods. The church is full of people with no regard for God. It doesn't matter what scripture you read. I thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> I went to a church once and they were there, and I'm standing there, you know, and I'm on, I'm on the platform and on the stage, and they're just singing. 
I lift my hands up unto the Lord. And I look out there, not one person had their hands up, you know. And, and so I'm getting ready to preach here. Not one person had their hands up. And uh, I did. I had my, I lived my, and then nobody out there did. And then after that, they, they sang that wonderful song. You may have heard me tell this, but they sang that wonderful song, shout to the Lord all. And I said, and I looked down and said, not one person shouted. And they go on and they, and then they go, and then, then I get myself in trouble with this. And, and then they sang the song, I surrender all. And I looked at them and I said, this is a sham. These people are a bunch of liars. First of all, they didn't lift their hands. I never heard them shout. And I got a pretty good idea. They're not going to surrender anything. So when I got up to preach, I told them all that. And I said, how about everybody lift their hands? Of course, a few people did and most of them didn't. And I said, let's give a shout. And they didn't. And I said, okay, well, how about this? If you're not going to, if you don't surrender all, how about somebody surrendering one thing? How about we saying, I surrender one thing? Well, you get the point. We have churches with no regard for God that don't plan on doing anything different. No matter what you read in the Bible, no matter what you preach from the word of God, they're not going to change. And that's what happened. And so in their day, Ichabod came in and the glory of the Lord departed. We can change that, but we got to let G open that door in and let Jesus come in. He doesn't need to stand outside anymore. We need to let the real Jesus come in and start doing the word of God. I hope you got that message today. We want the glory of God to come in. Till next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.